I want you to turn your Bibles to 2 Kings chapter number 4, verses 1 through 8. Second Kings chapter number four, verses one through and including eight. I'm reading from the King James text. Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets unto Elijah, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead, and thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord. And the creditors has come to take unto him my two sons to be bondsmen. And Elijah said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me, what hast thou in thy house? And she said, Thine handmaiden have not anything in the house save a pot of oil. Then he said, Go, borrow the vessels abroad of all thy neighbors, even empty vessels, borrow not a few. And when thou art come in, thou shalt shut the door upon thee and upon thy sons, and shalt pour out unto all those vessels, and thou shalt set aside that which is full. So she went from him, and shut the door upon her and upon her son who brought the vessels to her and she poured out and it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said unto her sons bring me yet a vessel and he said unto her there is not a vessel more and the all stayed then she came and told the man of God, and he said, Go, sell them all, and pay thy debt, and live thou and thy children on the rest. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this word. Now let this word become Rima in our hearts. Search out its deeper meaning. Let us be inspired and encouraged by this word. Open up our hearts and our minds. Let us be saturated in the word of God. We give your name praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to address you today from a subject, grace, the wealth of God. Grace, the wealth of God. Let me say here that you have everything you need to do whatever your purpose is in life. You have everything you need, whatever your purpose is in life. One of the problems we have is that of getting over our lack, getting over our hurts, getting over our failures. But we gotta overcome and we gotta get over get over lack, hurt, and failures. And we got to get on with purpose. Can the church say purpose? If you want more, 
you got to get another vessel. The oil stops when there is nothing to pour it in. Uh, for redeemed assembly, we got to get more souls so that we can keep pouring. Oil can keep coming. Because if there is not a vessel, the oil will cease. And what we have to do is stop trying to explain our failures and get on with our success. You telling me how you got into trouble, that don't excite me. But when you start telling me how you got out of that trouble, cause me to be excited. The real secret of wealth is purpose. The real secret of wealth is purpose. The reason for your existence. The reason that you're doing what you are doing. That is your purpose. You look at the desired effects that you want to have out of what you are doing. And I told you about being selfish. We should not have goals that just involve ourselves and that's it. When you pass from this earth, nobody's going to just remember how much money you made. They would remember if you have given some of it away. They probably would remember you some. Somebody gave you, some of us in here, they didn't give us no million dollars, but somebody giving you $10 at the right time <laughs> can laugh or, or can leave a lasting memory. Amen. In your heart, in your mind. So giving helps us. And then we have to see whether or not we have the determination to finish the job. Have the determination. Do you have a purpose in your heart now? And do you have the determination to finish? Because I can tell you up front that there will be some opposition that's going to come against you. But do you have that tenacity to hold on and the determination to hold out until you have completed it. The prophet here began with what the woman already had. He asked her, what do you have? This woman says, all I have is a pot of oil. What do you have? I want to ask you, what do you have? We have enumerated what we don't have, but what do you have? Just ask, just discuss it with your neighbor. Just discuss it a little bit with your neighbor. What you got? You know, told the world what you don't have. Have you discovered the uniqueness of something that you have that nobody else? Know about. Because if the all is in the house, nobody know what all you got. But you know what's in your house. Tell your neighbor, you know what's in your house. <laughs> so when the door is shut, I don't know what you got in your house. But you know what you got in your house. You know what you have within yourself that it might not have been revealed yet, but you know what you have. 
Stop counting yourself out because you don't have what everybody else has. And let's look at what you do have. Stop hating yourself. Start loving yourself. You couldn't help if your hair wasn't crinkly when you was born. You couldn't help if your nose was narrow. Couldn't help if your lips was thick. So stop and putting a lot of attention on your bad, what you consider bad. Because what we call ugly, some people call pretty. They got a tribe out in Africa. You're talking about your big lips. They got a tribe there in Africa. Put big plates in their lips. Big lips ain't big enough. <laughs> put a great big old plate down there and get them real wide. You say it's ugly because some people told you, say, you know, thick lips are not attractive, but a lot of people are putting silicone in their lips to make them thick. You've got naturally thick lips. Thank God. So you got something when you put the lipstick on, at least you can see it. So thank God for what you have. David puts it this way in Psalms 139 and 14. He said, I will praise thee for I am fearfully and wonderfully made marvelous of thy works and that my soul know right well. You start, start praising God for who you have and what you do have. Start, amen, thanking God for what you already have. The truth of the matter is, you're not going to get some miracle from Venus and Mars. Your future is in what you already have. You need to discover what you already have. Now, education will enhance it, but education is not going to put it there. God gave you some uniqueness about you when he created you because you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And we spend a whole lifetime beating the drum to somebody else's march and we fail to see the uniqueness that God has placed on the inside of us. You are unique. Tell your neighbor in such a way that they can really appreciate it. Tell them you are unique. Look them in the eye. Tell them you are unique. You have to discover what you have. You praising somebody else because they're on the stage. You sitting in the audience and you got more than the person have on the stage you got to get in tune with what you have. Take some time to discover your uniqueness and what you have. This is what the Holy Ghost does. When it comes into your life, the Holy Ghost brings to you what God has already put in you. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You got a million dollars right now in you. 
you just living on pennies, but you got a million dollars on the inside of you. Amen. You, you ever notice the Bible say, love your neighbor as you ought to? Or did it say, love your neighbor as you do what? The problem is, we've almost been taught almost to hate ourselves. Because I don't fit into what you say I should be. I remember back in the days, you know, used to be, they used to, had he said, if you're white, you're all right. If you're brown, stick around. If you're black, you got to get back. But we find out you can be black and be in the White House. Come on here. Is that all right? Because he discovered his uniqueness. He didn't have the money, but he found out he wouldn't accept that lie. If you're black, you've got to get back. No. If I'm black, I can be in the White House. You, got to, you can change that riddle. You can change that slogan. You don't have to get back. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I wish I had somebody that could just say it. I mean, somebody with some with some pizzazz, could this jump to your face? All right, amen. That's what I'm talking about. When somebody trying to play you down, see, we come from back in the old school where they used to look at us and call us names and get us to believe that stuff. But the light have come. Tell somebody the light has come. The, the light has come. Amen. And I'm finding out what I was cursing was my blessing. I'm determined to hold on to my blessing and my uniqueness. You have to discover what it is that God has given you. You remember the story about Moses. Moses is called upon by God to lead out about three million people with the mixed multitude out of Egypt. He's educated there in the land of Egypt. Now God sends him on the back side of the mountain. He goes there to be in college for 40 years. He, 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 he earned his degree. 40 years later, he walks out of the university. But he does not come out there with props and circumstances. He comes out of the college God tell him instead of putting on a robe, take off your shoe. Couldn't discover who he was because he had his own shoes on. He was covered up in what he thought about himself. God said, take your shoes off. I'm about to show you something. And he sees the bush on fire and the bush is not consumed. God tell Moses, I want you to go down there and lead the children of Israel out. And he tells God what he don't have. Ain't that something? And we're doing the same thing, telling God what you don't have. God said you are fearfully and wonderfully made. I know what I put in you. That's the reason why some of us are miserable. We are miserable because you got so much built up on the inside of you until you can't hardly contain it. God tells him this. Moses, 
What is that in your hand? Moses said, a stick. He didn't realize the stick was a special stick. It wasn't an ordinary stick. It's a special stick. And God had to put him to a task to let him recognize what he had. God said, take that stick and throw it down on the ground. He throw that thing on the ground, that thing started wiggling and carrying on. And he jumped back from that thing that was put out there. God said, go there and catch it by the tail. Now this stick, the same stick that he thought was just a stick was going to be used in so many different ways. Amen, I'll tell you what. If you throwed yourself on Christ, you would be scared of yourself. You would run from yourself if you realized how unique you were. You holding back because you think somebody else is better than you. They are not better than you. They are just unique, but they are not better than you. Touch your neighbor and say, you're not better than I am. See, your time gonna come. Tell your neighbor again, your time gonna come. It might not be stick time now. But your time will come. Hold on to your stick. Tell your neighbor, hold on to your stick. Oh. <laughs> hold on to your stick. Your time is gonna come. Your time, your time will come. And so he goes down because he now discovered what it is that he has. But you got to realize that what you have in you is not sufficient by itself. You are going to tap into God's richness, which is God's grace. Amen. It's not a man the, uh, the abilities that you think you have. But God has given you a uniqueness on the inside of you that once you discover it and allow God's grace to get to it. The problem is we don't let grace get to it. We try to, amen, build it up and get it going on our own, but there comes a time when you got to get back out of yourself and allow God's grace to get to it. Amen. Move yourself out of the way and realize I can do nothing by myself. So, amen, and in another case, we find a boy by the name of David, here it is a whole nation in peril, a whole nation is afraid and here comes along a 17 year old boy when he comes along all he got is a bag of rocks and a slingshot don't take much to get you free. Most of the time, it don't take a whole lot of sophistication to get you free. It's going to be something simple that's going to cause you to walk into your wealth. He reached down in his, somebody said he went by the brook and picked up three, five stone. Amen. And then five stone he picked up. Amen. I, I like to say it's grace. G-R-A-C-E. Now, he picked up five stone, which was grace which is the opposite of P-R-I-D-E. I, I can't spell too good, but I think that's. And what stopped us from using what we have is the term pride. 
But when you get to the place that you got to throw down what you think you have. Get rid of your pride and that grace. Let it get soaked in grace. God is able to use what you think is your deficiency. And God is able to use your stuff. Amen. To save a whole nation. But you got to realize. Amen. Amen. You can't do it by yourself. What is the prophet does here? This prophet. Amen. Tell this woman. He said you got to go and you got to Bar, amen, from your neighbors. Most of us, we would have a problem borrowing for our neighbors because you've been in the neighborhood telling everybody how much you got. And amen, you would have to come down because you've been pretending that you're wealthy when you can't hardly pay your rent. But amen, she had to go to her neighbor and she had to borrow vessels from the neighbors amen and most of us would have problems with that most of us we find that it ain't the wealthy people that got pride sometimes it's just poor people amen that's too proud to get out of where they are but amen we got to get in contact with the grace of God amen because the wealth of God is the grace of God and God want to do something for us but you got to get out of your into God and let God do what he wants to do in your life and so you got to give somebody else a chance you got to let somebody else know that you're weak I need help there's nothing about wrong with borrowing when you don't have it yourself so she borrowed and went in and she went in and shut the door and start pouring and she poured and she poured and after a while, she said, well, is there another vessel? The son said, we ain't got no more vessels. When the vessels stopped, the oil stopped. There was nothing else that was left. Went to the main of God. He said, take this and go and sell it. Amen. And pay your bills. And you and your son live on the rest. What was the difference? This woman got in contact with the grace of God. One of the things we have to realize is this. God, in Corinthians he says, God is able to make all grace abound towards you that you having all sufficiency in all things. Amen. How much sufficiency? All sufficiency in all things. Because see, the grace of God the grace of God is a thing that's going to be able to do it. He makes grace abound. Not a man that's come to you in a trinkle. It abounds to you. It comes into what you think you don't have. And it abounds itself in that. And it meets your need and it meets your neighbor's need. Because his grace is sufficient for you. So we're going to get in contact with God's grace. And we're going to let God do what he wanted to do in our lives. All right. So now we're going to move on to him. One of the things you want to do, stop trying to get people to understand you. That's our problem. You're trying to get somebody to understand you. Don't you know they ain't going to never understand you? As long as they will work with you, they don't have to understand Stain you. Your vision is your vision. Amen. Tell your neighbor what I say. Your vision is your vision. 
and you're not going to get nobody to understand it. You are unique. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are made unique from everybody else. And you went through a lot of stuff, but God had to carry you through that stuff. You was just in college. Bishop, you mean rape and abuse, all that stuff I went through. Some of us in this room that went through some stuff. But the thing is, you got to get over what happened to you and see what God have for you. Amen. God can let you know why that rape took place. Not because it was his will, but it happened to you. Stop feeling sorry for yourself. Get over it and allow God's grace to replace what has been taken from you. But don't spend your life crying over spilled milk. God is about to bring you into something like Joseph was. Joseph could have spent his life down there. Oh, my poor little thing. They took me and they threw me in a hole and they did this for me. And, and then I went to Potiphar and then Potiphar turned around and she accused me of raping her. And I ain't never touched a woman. I ain't had nobody since I've been down here. I've been a virgin ever since I've been down here. I'm in jail for a woman I never touched. But rather than to do that, he looked beyond what was happening to him and he saw the purpose of God. And if you can look beyond what has happened to you, daddy left you, mama forsook you, uncle raped you, if you can get past all of that stuff and see that God got something in store for you, they have not spoiled you, they have not amen, nullified you, you are still special, you are unique and when all of that stuff is over God is going to turn around and work all of that into the equation when you start coming into your greatness in Christ Jesus, don't you know his grace is sufficient he can take those abuses and turn it into ministry. The thing is, we are building monuments to mark our failures. Let me say that one more time. We are building monuments to mark our failures. That's the reason why you can't get over it. Because every, every time you go to talk, every time you go into a council office, yeah, when I was 16, I got raped. Well, somebody got raped at two. Stop talking about 16. Don't build no monuments there. Build your monuments in the future. God said, when I've done something for you, build a monument. 
but don't build a monument on your failures because your mind will still go back to your failures but if you can look into your future and remember the day God saved you and fill you with the Holy Ghost some that have already left your mind and oh you can't remember when it felt like when God came in and saved your soul but you can still feel the pain of the rape and of the incest you can feel those pain but you don't forgot about the joy that came to your heart when God saved you I want to know I want to know is there anybody in the house that can remember what it felt like when your sins were taken away hallelujah when God came in and washed you and made you whole build a monument there it's worth building a monument for not in your past because you are about to tap into the grace of God. God can give you back everything the devil has taken away from you. God not only can, God will restore. Is there any witness in this house that God will restore? Y'all act like he ain't done nothing for you. Can he restore? Bella, I need a live witness. Can he restore? Jump through your feet and shout it so they can hear you. All right, I like that. Hallelujah. I get joy when I think about what he's done for me. How he saved my soul. Oh, how he made me whole. I can still remember when my shackles fell off. I can still remember when the Holy Ghost came in. I can still remember when I spoke a tongue as the Spirit gave utterance. Selena, that's when I tapped into grace. Anybody in here remember when you first tapped into grace? Anybody remember the flood? This thing should have went in the time dispatched. CNN couldn't catch it. But in me, I can remember when the flood took place in my life. Amen. The flood of 1957. Some stuff you just don't need to forget. Because when the time comes, sure, you had a date for me? You remember? Mm. Mm. Say it again, say it again, say it again. I remember he was a mess. Mm. But God did something for you, didn't he? Oh, God. Anybody else got a date? Anybody? Do you remember? Do you, do you remember, huh? When was it? All right. So you, when you remember and you build a monument, eh, because the day going to come when you don't feel like you ever had the Holy Ghost. Because all of y'all ain't got there yet. None of y'all, y- y'all always feel it moving. And see, all y'all got to do is throw your hand up and the Holy Ghost just come on you. Oh, my God. I, I done fasted and nothing happened. I done prayed and nothing happened. I done leaped and nothing happened. 
but I waited on God. And every now and then, the Holy Ghost wind just come by me. And it carried my mind back to the date when he washed me, when he made me whole. I build a monument for the Lord. I want to say to y'all that I forgot your date. Go back and relive that experience and get your dates down. Amen. And this burn it in your mind until you realize the day when God saved you and when God delivered you from your sin you look at me like you don't know what I'm talking about do you have your date sweetie jump to your feet and give me your date what is your date alright that's what I'm talking about knowing because now you have built a monument unto the Lord I remember when he delivered me when he bought me out and did something for me he did for me what nobody else was able to do and I built a monument so when I don't feel it when I don't feel it because how many of y'all know you don't always feel it so when the day come when I don't feel it I have to go on memory is there any by here they got to go on memory sometime because the feeling has long gone and the only thing I can go on is the memory it's like marriage lady and I have been married for a long time but there are some days she has to remember how good it was ain't that right sweetie she said she said, well, well. Because I don't care what you have. There's always going to be a rough road. But you got to build a monument. So I got a reference point. I can go back and I can remember when. When the heaven broke forth. When God filled me with the Holy Ghost. When God delivered me. When the chains fell off, when I started speaking in tongues as the Spirit gave utterance, when my name was written in the Lamb Book of Life, when the blood came into my life, I can't remember when. Chuck, you know when you got hooked up with Grace out of Essex Village? So I remember the year in her. All right. He got the year down. That's a monument. All right. God bless you. I want to say to you today, I want you to discover what God has done uniquely in your life. There's something in you that we'll waste our whole lifetime overlooking. Stop cursing yourself. Find out what it is that you have. Yours might be a pot of oil. It might be a stick. It might be a, a stone. Uh-huh. Somebody has to discover something wrong. Something good. It might be a what? A what? A coat? Coat of many colors that somebody took and dipped it in blood and sent it back false. 
but I got another coat, man. Oh, God, I thank you. Tell somebody I got another coat. I got, I got another coat. I ain't got but one color. Red. Red. Dipped in the blood of Jesus. Oh, God, I thank you. I don't know what it is that you got, but you got to discover your uniqueness. Your thing that God did for you. This might be private, but it's about to become public. All right? God bless you. Heaven smile upon you. Let me ask today, is there somebody here who do not know Jesus Christ as their Lord and their Savior? Somebody whose life is miserable and you want to come to a Savior that is able to wash you and make you whole again. You can come just as you are without one plea and God will deliver you. He asks you to bring nothing but yourself. That's all he wants is yourself. And he'll take care of the rest. Is there somebody here? Come just as you are without one plea. But that his blood was shed for you. If you can come right now.